1: Well, welcome back. I am Seth Leibson, Six zero two five zero eight zero nine six zero 960 is the number. I gave a, um, I guess, a fairly strong monologue in the first hour. Anyone can access it at 960thepatriot.com, and it's uh, unleashed a really good conversation here. It's opened the door to a really good conversation about good and evil and uh, looking at the terminology of those definitions from the other guy's point of view. In other words, uh, just to make a brief point and then we'll get back to your discussion and calls on this. In other words, I was just simply postulating that to a lot of leftists, liberals and Democrats, when they say they want to fundamentally transform this country or when they propose certain public policy actions, I think they think of it as doing A Good thing, not an evil thing. I don't think they wake up thinking this is evil. I think they wake up thinking this is good. I think it's misplaced compassion. I think it's wrong. I think in many cases it actually is evil. I just don't think they see it as evil. Then there's a second level of the leftist liberal or Democrat that isn't that well educated on public policy, but lives in a world And in a culture that is dominated by the leftist and liberal narrative from CBS to NPR to you name it, New York Times, that just isn't that political, doesn't do much research, but here and there picks things up and doesn't get the whole story or is propagandized and isn't because of that in and of themselves evil, but just wrong and uneducated. Uh, Anyway, we're discussing all of that, and uh, it's a really – It's a really good discussion. Um, Let me go to Larry and Tempe. Uh, Bill, did I, before I go to Larry, Bill, was I, yeah, let me go to Larry and Tempe. That's good. Larry, hi.
2: Hi, Seth. How are you?
1: I'm really well. It's good to hear from you. How are you?
2: I'm doing all right. Uh, It's a a good conversation. Thanks. I wanted, uh, I was motivated to call by Keith's comments and, I've heard him call many times, and I appreciate things he's said probably perhaps never even disagreed with him and the things he's called and talked about with you. I think in this case, he's unfortunately overstating much about people who are Democrats, and my anecdote of this is my father-in-law, who is – A Democrat. Did you say father or
1: father-in-law? I'm sorry. Father-in-law. Okay, go ahead. Sorry, thank you. Yeah,
2: that's okay. And he, he's a Democrat. I couldn't tell you how he's voted recently. We don't talk politics. We, that's just, it's one of those things, you know, it's better not to talk things like that. (laughs) Um, Just because, you know, we have a good relationship, and I don't want that relationship to be strained by differing opinions with stuff like this, but... I don't believe he's a a useful idiot. I also don't believe that if he were to know all of these things, that he would be in agreement with them. In fact, fact, I know he wouldn't be with some of them. I think one of the factors that happens for some people, and again, my father-in-law is not a dumb man, but I think he relies on the same sources he's relied on for information and uh, commentary for years, and things like, what was it, the CNN article years ago when Trump was still president, towards the end of Trump's term that talked about the 10,000 lies that Trump told,
1: Oh, yeah. Well, the Washington Post had a big list. I think it was even bigger. I think it was, was like 23,000 <laughs>
2: or something, okay. yeah, something yeah. like that. But I and, know what you mean. Yeah. Right. And it's things like that. It's, it's like the the claim that Donald Trump said that white supremacists are some good people. Right. When that wasn't That's, a That's a great example.
1: That's a great yeah. example, Larry. That's a great and example.
2: It's so easy for people to read something. And they may not know that it's been creatively edited right. to make the point of the writer. right? Or perhaps even that writer read those edited comments and didn't see all of what was said. And I think that's a place where there are some people, you know, I couldn't guarantee that I'm not in that place sometimes. I have the sources I read, and I trust them. I have the sources I listen to, you. Dennis Prager and I trust you guys. I trust you as being better, well, better, more well-read than I am.
1: I don't know about that. However, Larry. I learned a lot from you from these calls. I'll tell you, I don't know about that, but you're making a good point, and I'll let you. I'll let you talk in a minute. I just want to add a few yeah. to them. Uh, the yeah. ones I keep running into, for example, um, I don't know if uh, if you were able to um, to keep up with the rate at Mar-a-Lago, but the FBI released a series of pictures of the documentation that was supposedly classified and the media was more than happy to just run those pictures and impute the idea that this was how Trump was keeping those files. It wasn't. The FBI Mm -hmm. put them out to show them in the worst light possible. It was not how Trump was keeping them. And if you watched uh, CBS, you heard Joe Biden on an interview say – this is how Trump. This is you saw the pictures of what Trump was keeping. What they edited out was his sentence right before where he said the FBI displayed those pictures. Um, so they do that kind of thing. The white supremacy thing yeah. is a good one that you uh, mentioned, Larry. Um, we could do a lot of this. Let me let me give one more. Right. Just one more. Armed insurrection on January sixth. Sure. Um, or 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 that Trump encouraged. The rioting on January 6th uh-huh. or that people, the riots were mostly patriotic. peaceful uh, or that one more I would do is um, that no one has ever questioned the integrity of an election before. Right. Anyway, go ahead. You take the yeah. point. You, you're making the point. But I, I just oh, wanted absolutely. to give a few more examples. Absolutely. Okay. It's easy. You My know, point is this. It's easy for people to think that because they're told it all the time and it doesn't make them exactly. evil. It just makes them unresearched,
2: and it doesn't. Also, it also doesn't necessarily make them stupid or useful idiot, as the term was used. And I I understand that because there are people, and this is the danger of it. I think is that there are people on the in the on the left and the Democratic Party that are very crafty in the things they do. They're very crafty in the way they work things and how they edit things and that type of thing to support what they want known. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. There's also a lot of people, and I think this is where my father-in-law is. He grew up in a place where everyday workers and everyday people were Democrats. And it's so dyed in the wool that it's very difficult to break out of that mindset. When right. That's what a great point. Tend to see, yeah. Perhaps what you tend to see is self-selected or not self-selected, but it's it's been edited. It's been oh, it's filtered. a great
1: point. You listen to Larry Elder, or if you read Candace Owens's book, you know they will tell you they never met a Republican growing up, and they just mm-hmm. assumed. What Joe Biden said, I mean not in those words and and the chronology is off, but if you if you, if, if, if you don 't vote for me you ain 't black it, the, the The notion that if you 're black, you vote for Democrats, you see this in the Jewish community mm-hmm. too right often uh, uh, off and, and almost as much uh, quite frankly, and then people like Larry or Brandon Tatum or Candace Owens or people like me or Deni, uh, uh, i don 't know Dennis Prager so, so, someone who was born Jewish. You know, you examine the stuff and you realize, wait a minute, the Democratic Party is not our friend, but you grow up in that environment thinking it is.
2: Yeah, and you made my last comment would be that you made a great point at the end of the last hour that I think is extremely important to remember. And it's not that we don't want to accurately identify, especially the people in leadership, of the left and Democratic Party, but we should also want to give reason to those everyday Americans who are Democrats and perhaps who have been that for years, and they just don't realize that Republicans aren't the money-hungry, evil, trying to hurt everybody who doesn't have a penny, trying to you know downtrodden the the everyday person. They don't realize that, but we can. Let them know there's those people. We're not going to inform them that way if we call them.
1: I I think you're right, Larry. That's nicely stated. I I know a nice woman in town who said to me, um, and she doesn't do this the way you and I do this, but she said to me, how can you support an anti-Semite like Trump? And it took me Mm -hmm. about. I don't know, 90 seconds to disprove that he was an anti-Semite. But had she never talked to me, she never would have known differently. She just didn't know differently because that's what CNN and The New York Times and CBS and PBS and all the rest say. That's right. And it's just, you know, I did it in maybe less than 90 seconds. And she goes, (laughs) oh, I never thought of it that way. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Yeah. Would it be better that I spent that 90 seconds with her or called her an evil SOB? I'll be right back. Thanks, Larry.
3: Welcome back to the
1: Seth Leibson Show. Gold has been used for money and as money for nearly 3,000 years and still remains a common sense investment that's simple and straightforward. You don't need pushy commission salespeople to tell you why you should buy it. You probably already want it. All you need is a reputable dealer with advice based on experience and a complete range of bullion and coins so you get what you want at the best value. Enter the Midas Gold Group, sponsors of this show, the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group. I own precious metals from, Seb Gorka does, thousands of you already do. If you're thinking about gold or other precious metals in your portfolio, give the folks at Midas Gold Group a call at 480-360-3000, 480-360-3000 or visit them online at MidasGoldGroup.com, MidasGoldGroup.com. They're really good folks. Greg is in Chandler. Hi, Greg.
3: Hey, good afternoon, Seth. Great to talk to you again. Thank hey, you. Um, do you think... Just on the subject of evil, yeah um and our family's actually had a few brushes with it, and from what I've learned, I don't think any decent human being can possibly comprehend true evil. it just doesn't make sense, you won't recognize it, and you still can't believe it years later what someone's capable of
1: interesting
3: so when when you talk about a fourteen year old with nazis and, and and then you talk about your transgressions as a fourteen year or as a young, I guess you would say. I never really thought about this much until actually Dennis Prager said it. He really, and I'm—I don't want to speak for him, but from what I heard, his his thesis is no one's good. We're, we're not good people. We either resist our urges, typically, I guess you would say, or you know, you you work at being a good person. Every single day, because obvious, and we obviously fail at that every single day. The only can I, can I try this on mind. you,
1: Greg? He said something that I think yes. is, is, is will we'll encapsulate what you're what you're saying, and see if this works for you. If you go to the self help section of any bookstore, there are no books on how to be a worse person. We don't we don't need books on that. All the books are about Correct. how to be a better person because we need help on that.
3: Fair enough. Correct. Okay. Very clear. Very I totally agree with that. So with that being said, I would judge or would say if someone could judge your life from being a kid, obviously, and myself included, doing stupid things, things regret, shouldn't have done, wish never did, but have grown. I can hardly say that for someone like George Soros or many of the Democrat leaders. I am keep thinking of trying to create this perfect bumper, bumper sticker that has to do with the Democrat leadership the democrat party the ones in control not yeah. the democrat next door right. I, those people do not even right these are the two rich. categories i'm trying to
1: delineate as well exactly right greg we're on the same page keep going
3: correct so as a decent human being you wouldn't crash the british pound which george soles did years after being a child in nazi germany okay this guy is Specifically responsible for many, 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 many dead people across the United States in the past three to five years because of the criminal justice system he's helped to create, which is a horrific mess.
1: I agree with that.
3: Has no regrets for I it agree with and that. wants to continue it and is actually encouraging more of it. So that man literally goes to bed every night and there's no way he does not know he's personally responsible for destroying lives, killing people, raping, maiming, you name it. Then you come to the Democratic Party who knows full well there's not one Democrat individual and I hope to heck somebody knows how to ask Mark um uh oh my gosh brain trees um our current senator Mark Kelly how to ask him Mark Kelly Mark Kelly yeah. how do you possibly explain what's happening on the border? Don't sit there and tell me about the fence that you built. I want to know about the fence that's been sold off as scrap metal to all those different places while people are literally still walking across the border. Why aren't videotapes going to be shown of this right in front of this, Mr Kelly? so that he can see what's going on. Um,
1: Let let me, let me, let me try here. Here's the crux of, of it too, Greg. I mean, there's any number of examples to think this through. This is a really interesting course that I'm taking with you all on, on moral philosophy. I'm taking, I'm just, I'm just the dial tone here with a few preconceived notions and you guys are helping me think it through. Let me do it with you as well. So Mark Kelly has a personal uh, relationship to evil uh, in that his wife is suffering from uh, a bullet that was fired by an evil person and a psychologically disturbed person at the same time. Fair enough. We agree on that fact, don't we? Correct. Yes. As a result, perhaps before, but certainly as a result, he thinks it is a good thing to take more guns away from more people. He thinks that's a good thing, right? Right. He doesn't think it's a bad thing. He thinks it's a good thing. I am going to guess you and I think that the Second Amendment in and of itself is a good thing and it contains within it an individual right to own a weapon.
3: Well, I'm going to differ with you just slightly. Okay. Yes, obviously we do. Agree, we agree, we agree on the latter, but primarily I would stipulate that a lot of people with this mindset, and, and it is a pervasive mindset, they don't feel that the rest of us have the ability to handle these situations, what they would consider to their standards. Okay. So we're not smart enough. We're not good enough. We're not strong enough. But if we're not allowed to have a weapon, that still doesn't negate the fact that with all all the, yeah, what, what happened to his family was insanely horrific. And I don't care who you are. If you're a human being, you hear that happening. I don't care who it is that's got shot. That's horrific as all get out. But you can't sit there and say that you care and then watch just today how many hundreds if not thousands of kids under the age of 10 have already been sexually abused just in the past week or so sure. trying to get across that border. Sure. And you can't say he doesn't know that. So I don't understand how in any way, shape or form, we can even have a continued discussion about somebody's empathy or grace towards anyone else. When you know, we all know, no one does not know that this has happened and to just simply not do anything. I'm sorry. You're talking about a child. Your ch- a child is Do you think he child thinks? Here's a strength. question
1: for you, Greg. That's a great example by the way. Good 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 on you for that. That's it that's a that's a really good one. But do you think he thinks he's doing it for a greater good? In other words, do you think he's well, maintaining that position for a greater good? You have to okay, break well, a few eggs to get an omelet kind of thing.
3: The only greater good I could possibly see taking your theory through Okay, the people get here and they do make it here, they go through horror to get here and then they live a better life. Okay. Seriously though, the cost of that, is it that much better? How much? And uh, the familiarity with Mexico, we know better than 40% of Mexico is actually being controlled by the cartel. Yeah, so yeah. what he's doing thinking he's helping people is literally creating a narco state. Okay, Uh, uh,
1: And and yet I still think we might be in large agreement because he would be someone who's in the know and in the leadership, as opposed to someone who listens to how he filters it and says it and propagandizes it.
3: Well, he propagandizes it by saying I'm protecting the border. Yeah, 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 yeah. and, and, And you
1: would not blame someone for being evil who votes for him, who only hears his side of it.
3: I wouldn't. No, I'm not going to categorize. Right. It that, I, I think so we're
1: I in large agreement. There. Greg, forgive me. I apologize. Uh, you can call back tomorrow if you want um, I have a break I cannot avoid, and I have a guest coming right up who's hopefully going to do something about Mark Kelly's positions. Uh, so stay with us. Um, call me back tomorrow. I'm, I'm sorry this was abbreviated. Really good call, though. Let me also put in a word for our sponsors at YReFi. If you're looking for a great and, and unique investment, a remarkable investment, they're offering it all up in a secure and collateralized portfolio with a 10 point up to 10.25% return for investors investment can be in a trust an ira an individual or a joint investment check out why refi invest Y-Refi.com. that's the word invest the letter y r-e-f-y.com welcome back to the seth leapson show i am so impressed with uh, so many of our candidates running for congress uh, and uh, running to flip the majority to the Republicans in the House of Representatives. Someone I have known uh, for some time now is Kelly Cooper, who is running for Congress in the newly created Congressional District 4. So delighted he is the nominee, so delighted he is running to unseat Greg Stanton. I know he's uh, running from pillar to post and knocking on doors and giving a lot of talks, a lot of groups. And a lot of events, uh, so is delighted that I could get him today. Kelly Cooper, how are you, man?
4: I'm doing great. I'm on my way to my next event as I, you might imagine. I
1: thought you might be. I thought you might be good for you. If anyone wants to uh rec- anyway, I'll I'll come back to that in a moment. But let me uh let me let me ask you when you go to these events, uh what what question I love asking candidates this because it gives me a sense of what's going on as well. What what is most on people's minds? What do you get asked about more than anything or most?
4: The economy, inflation in yeah. the economy. Yeah. I mean it, it it's it's the gorilla in the room if you will I mean it's I how could how could it not be number 1 too many people are are feeling the weight of uh poor policy management for the last 2 years and uh, unfortunately uh it doesn't look like it's going to get a whole lot better uh anytime real real soon
1: I was noticing just yesterday, you know, when we were celebrating $4 gas uh, at the gas pump a couple few weeks ago kelly uh i was Mm -hmm. noticing yesterday when i was filling up there's no such thing as four dollar gas in arizona anymore and i was talking to some friends and i said did you notice we're back at five something five plus dollars for gas this is um this is probably going to get even higher yet you put out a tweet today about uh and you're absolutely right this administration thanks to the help of greg stanton who you're running against has released millions of Barrels of oil from our uh, strategic petroleum reserve to try and you know mm-hmm. to try and reduce gas prices they shot their arsenal there's nothing left and we don't have an emergency reserve anymore right
4: yeah that's about right i mean they've depleted a, a pretty hefty portion of that um strategic oil reserves and, and that's the key to it it's the strategic oil reserves and it's meant for times of war and a significant challenge it's not really meant to uh, to curry political favor or, um, manipulate gas prices to a level that seem acceptable. And it's been going on for quite a while now. Uh, we've been releasing, you know, a million barrels a day, some of it being sold outside of the country into China and other markets. Uh, but <clears throat> nowhere do you hear conversation about increasing exploration or refinery capacity here in this country. And we're still something like 4 million barrels a day below peak performance uh, when we were energy independent.
1: That's right. And it is true what you said. The Biden administration has made effort after effort to sell uh, our oil from the reserve to countries like China. It, It just seems maddening to me. It doesn't make sense to people. Why, why, Joe, why Joe Biden, why the Democrats would want to do this, making life harder here, perhaps so that they can, what, uh, catalyze uh, efforts towards battery operated vehicles, making it not worth having gas powered cars anymore. Do you think there's kind of some element of that going on, kind of a old Vladimir Lenin view that the worse, the better, so to speak?
4: I mean, I, I got I, I hate to think that that's the case, but it. it Sort of seems as though it may be that there aren't any other explanations, right? Doesn't recognize they don't they don't recognize the challenge that this faces for people. And our economy is built on fossil fuels. And six, six times, six times, Greg Stanton has voted to limit energy exploration. Yep, six times in his four years. Yep, we we aren't doing anything to move forward on making ourselves energy independent. And then having a natural transition to a new energy source, mm-hmm. we've just we've just cut off our nose despite our face. And it seems as though the administration and people like Greg, Greg Stanton that, that rubber stamp their policies believe that it doesn't matter. It doesn't affect people. And maybe to them it doesn't.
3: Maybe to maybe them, to somebody it
4: doesn't. that lives in a yeah. rich neighborhood in North yeah. Phoenix. Yeah. These things don't affect
1: him. Yeah,
3: there's a lot the of that going
1: district, on, too. Yeah, no, there's a lot of that for going on as well. Uh, energy for me, but not for thee. Kind of like free speech for me, but not for thee. Kind of like security and protection for me, and not for thee. This was a short segment, Kelly. Uh, I have to take a quick commercial break. Let me come back and talk to you more about this when we come back. I'm Seth Lipson. He's Kelly Cooper running for the newly created Congressional District 4. Efforting um, to uh, take the seat back from Greg Stanton. Doing a great job. You can help him out by going to his website, Kelly Cooper for Arizona. Kelly is K-E-L-L-Y. Cooper is Cooper. KellyCooperArizona.com. I may have misstated. Uh, I put a for Arizona. It's KellyCooperArizona.com.
3: KellyCooperArizona.com. He and I will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leepson Show. It's a delight to have Kelly Cooper uh, with us.
1: KellyCooperArizona.com. KellyCooperArizona.com is his website. He's running for Congress in the newly created Congressional District 4. Uh, fair to categorize that new district, Kelly, as kind of East Valley. Is that how you'd call it, kind of Tempe down into the East Valley? Is that what you'd how you'd describe it generally?
4: Yeah, it's uh, a collection of, of four uh, smaller communities, um, Mesa, north of the 60, uh, Tempe, Chandler, north of the South 202, and Awatuke. I guess it's technically Phoenix, but uh, yeah. they don't really want to be known as the big city.
1: Some of, some of them are. Yeah, some of them do, some of them don't. That's right. Kelly is running to unseat Greg Stanton, doing a great job. Kelly is a small businessman. Uh, and I always hesitate when I say small businessman, because you have employed and signed an awful lot of paychecks for a lot of people. You understand the economy. You understand supply chain. You understand inflation. You understand the need for energy and domestic resources. These are things that Greg Stanton does not understand, or if he does, votes in a betrayal of that. Understanding. He's one of these quiet congressmen who votes down the line with Nancy Pelosi but doesn't really make a lot of waves or a lot of noise but is responsible for an awful lot of bad policy. That's a fair characterization, isn't it, Kelly?
4: Yeah, so I, I, I do this, this conversation uh, a lot in meet and greets, and, and I want to be clear, I've never met Greg Stanton, so I'm not going to get on here and badmouth him as a person. I don't I don't know the first thing about him. Uh, from that perspective but what i can say is that he promised in both of his last two election cycles for congress that he would work in a bipartisan manner for the what is the best interest of the people of this district and he has been anything but that he has been nothing but mm-hmm. a rubber stamp for pelosi and joe biden mm-hmm. and i don't think anybody can argue that they're in a better position in, in today's economy and in, in today's district than they were four years ago.
1: I, I think that's fair. I also think it says something that a businessman and an employer uh, in his district hasn't met him. Uh, for the four years he's been in Congress uh, representing my district, before there was redistricting, uh, I can honestly tell you I have never run into him either. Uh, this is a man who has become a creature of Washington in the very short four years that he's been there but he's uh, voted and supported policies that uh, that are contemptible, quite frankly. Making making life harder is not the job of our public servants. Making life harder on Arizonans or Americans, making life more difficult is not, not the job of public service. The job of public service is to protect us, keep us safe, and try to make life a little bit easier. I think that's about as good a description as your candidacy is I could come up with.
4: That sounds about right. I mean... Uh, i'm I'm not reluctantly, but this is not what I chose to do right. uh, as a career. and as a matter of fact, I'm putting opening several new restaurants on hold uh-huh. as as I take up this mantle because I think it is a it is a, a calling for me mm-hmm. uh, to go in and try to affect change where people that in the past have said they were going to never really did. That's right. um, it's a it's a it's a really gratifying. Uh, race, and I think serving in this position, serving this community is is going to feel really good making positive change for the people in this district and making sure that they can live their lives in a manner that they so choose uh, prosperously and freely.
1: I think that's a good way to put it. Let me ask you this, Kelly. Uh, when we're talking about small businesses, you, 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 you own restaurants, you employ a lot of people. Restaurants took a big hit during COVID. I don't know if we've uh, recovered. Would you say we have recovered from the, the ethos and ethic of shutdowns and lockdowns and business closures and paying people not to work? Are we back to where we were uh, prior to, uh, I don't know, let's say March of 2020?
4: No. No, some there there are mixed results. Some folks are uh some of the way back. Some folks are partially, some folks are nowhere close. Some folks lost everything. Uh some small businesses lost everything. And uh we we still have some of those policies in place that are encouraging the limitations on supply chain, that are encouraging uh, the limitations on our economy, uh that are limiting people's ability to find success, and I think it's the obligation and duty of the people that represent this district to do everything that they can in a safe and responsible manner remove those barriers.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. I I, I think that's the exact right way to view it, Uh, Kelly Cooper. Kelly Cooper is our guest. He's running for Congress in Congressional District 4 here in Arizona. KellyCooperArizona.com is his website. Kelly is K-E-L-L-Y kelly cooper arizona also kelly cooper az is his twitter handle very active twitter account kelly energy and being energy self-sufficient and energy independent is also part of national security too it's not just about uh you know the economy that goes day to day it's about national security you're a you're a u.s marine Uh, Talk to us a little bit about what it means to be energy dependent. Again, we were independent. Joe Biden and the Democrats made us dependent again.
4: Well, they not only made us they made us dependent. They made Europe dependent or significantly more dependent. Uh, And what it means basically is that you're at the mercy of someone else. And sometimes that's a good thing because that person cares or that entity cares and wants to help and take care of you and, Sometimes that entity or that responsible party, the person that you're uh, responsible to or dependent on hates you and wants to destroy you. And uh, I think that we could safely say today that we are reaching out to countries that do not have our best interest at heart. And we are obligated to them in order to gain our energy uh, for our, our society to be able to survive. And so you see, uh, Joe Biden now reaching out to Venezuela, yep. a government we don't even recognize, yep. and trying to get oil reserves from there. Yep. Uh, they were snubbed by Saudi Arabia, supposedly an ally of ours, uh, to the tune of a reduction of 2 million barrels a day. Yep. And we we didn't have to be in this position. I know that the administration has a firm religious-level belief in renewable energies of wind and solar, and there's nothing wrong with believing in and wanting to transition in some part or even in whole to those. But when the government forces that move and when they shut down uh, refineries, when they shut down exploration, when they encourage businesses to not develop new technologies in uh, fossil fuels, they put us in this position. And now they're trying to... Uh, dig their way out by cozying up to enemies that want to destroy us. Yeah, it's a, it's a really sad state of affair on a national and international level, and you see a lot of turmoil being um, stirred up, if you will, uh, on the world stage. Yeah, that's it's a not good... just Russia and Ukraine; it's all over the world right now.
1: Yeah, that's a good way to put it, Kelly. And as someone who's worn the United States, the uniform of the United States military, as you have, it must bring an extra dose of disappointment sadness uh, diminishment diminution when we see the united states president going hat in hand to countries like venezuela or saudi arabia and then on top of that getting thwarted by them i mean this is this this is an embarrassment isn't it
4: in, in my view it is it's uh, it's embarrassing and and it's really difficult because the hat in hand part we don't have to do right. that right we're not we're not in a position where we need to do that. That's right. We've done that to ourselves. And I, I'm i a proud, uh, hardworking uh, person that believes when you have the ability to take care of yourself, then you do that. And if you need help, then you ask for help. But in this scenario, in this circumstance, we have the ability, but instead of doing it, we're asking for help.
1: Yep. Exactly right, and we didn't even get to the whole notion of unleashing tens, if not hundreds, of billions of dollars to Iran. Maybe we can talk about that in our next visit as well, Kelly. I know you're busy. I know you got to get to an event, so I was glad to be able to grab you on the way to it. Send our best to your uh, to your community out there, Kelly Cooper, folks, Republican candidate for Congress trying to um, help us uh, take back majority in Congress by getting rid of Greg Stanton. Well on his way to doing it. KellyCooperArizona.com is his website. KellyCooperArizona.com. Help this good man out. I'm Seth Liebson. Thank you, Kelly Cooper. Godspeed, and we'll talk soon. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Yeah, I was just thinking about uh, the tenure of Greg Stanton. And uh, that line uh, C.S. Lewis uh, has in the opening to the screw tape letters about these people that don't raise their voices, these quiet people that hide behind, you know, hide behind the veil of, uh, or the cloak of, uh, the cloak of anonymity as much as they can, meanwhile, effectuating, um, you know, great public policy harm Uh, conceived and ordered moved seconded carried and minuted in clear carpeted warmed and well-lit offices by quiet men with white collars and cut fingernails and smooth shaven cheeks who do not need to raise their voice yeah i think we have an awful lot of democrats like that i think greg stanton uh fits that mold uh fits that description uh just right and it's time to get rid of them it's time to get rid of them. The other person who's like that, I think, is uh, our U.S. senator who's uh, up for uh, re-election, uh, Mark Kelly. I, I think he represents that same ethos. That's how you get Democrats uh, from Arizona who stay in office like this. They are quiet. They don't make noise. They don't grab the mics like Yelan Omar or Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez or some of the other Democrats. But... Boy, they vote down the line with Nancy Pelosi and they effectuate, as I said, great public policy harm. I mean, ask yourself about some of these leaders, some of these publicly elected, some of these elected public officials. Ask yourself, you know, they've been there a while. In Stanton's case, four years. In Kelly's case, uh, Mark Kelly's case. A little longer than that. And you just ask, what have they stood for? What is one big important thing they have said and done? You can't name it. You simply cannot. But you look at their voting record and you feel it. You feel it at the gas pump. You feel it in the grocery prices. You feel it when you see this country slowly changing for the worse, for the lesser. Time for new leadership, folks. Oh, I guess it's a good point uh, uh, in time to... Let folks know we're going to be simulcasting at 6 p.m. tonight the Senate debate with Blake Masters up against Mark Kelly. So if you uh, aren't inclined to watch it on TV, just keep the station and your channel right here. We'll we'll simulcast it. I'm Seth Liebson. Don't go away. A lot more coming right up.